Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello again, this is Sue Rose Minahan, Talk Cosmos, July 20th. 2019, and this program repeats on Thursday, July 25th at 6 to 7 a.m. We're at 1150 KKNW. You can also find us at Podcast One. That's a brand new edition, and it's online with iTunes, so you can get sign up and hear all our archives. But tonight's subject, we are still in the Cancer archetype, and subject is Cancer North Node History References. It is a polarity on the axis having Cancer on the natural zodiac, Cancer and Capricorn. And generally, it's a, a time when it's restructuring the, the, the balance. And, and they are cardinal signs. There's, cardinal means action. And that starts off the zodiac and Aries, and Cancer is the second sign of that. There's quite a few factors here, and as far as just beginning, I think I'll just begin with introducing my guest, because together we can chatter about many of these details. And it's Catherine Metcalf. She's a professional astrologer, hypnotherapist, an intuitive, a tarot card reader, and she does consultations and specializes in transits and career. And, of course, you can find Catherine at Talk Cosmos. If you go under guests, it'll stay there forever. And she's from Illinois, near the Chicago area in East Moline, if I hope I'm saying that right. And she teaches astrology and tarot at Blackhawk College there in Moline. And she has quite a legacy of her own. Featured on television, various stations. She's published articles and been interviewed. And she hosts a metaphysical monthly meeting of her own in East Moline and has a YouTube astrological uh, program that on a weekly basis. So there's lots of ways to connect with Catherine. And I am most pleased to say hello, Catherine. We are beginning. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Sue. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, finally, we managed to connect after meeting. It's just great. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. And historical references have been such a focus of interest of mine. And I suppose, I know we had many ways to go about it, but I'll begin with the one idea. Oh, okay, I'm going to interrupt my own self just to remind folks that this last week on the, thir- on the 16th was a full moon in, oh, I've got it pulled up wrong. Anyway, it was a full moon in Capricorn, 24 degrees on the 16th. And so we might bring reference to that and the timing of it and all of that. But in the meantime, I did pull up an electional uh, research on solar fire. And for those people that aren't astrologers, that is a wonderful program, that uh, software program that helps with a lot of astrology. 
And there were seven matches when I pulled it up from 3000 BC to 3000 AD. I wanted to get the full spectrum. And there were seven (laughs) matches, right? So what I wanted to match was what's happening right now so that we could get some recurrences. And it was North Node in Cancer. And then for the South Node, which is in Capricorn, Saturn in Capricorn conjunct the South Node, which is pertinent right now because it is conjunct. And then Pluto, which is in Capricorn, which is a slower-moving planet, And from that, there were these various uh, events. And it started back in 1425 B.C. when women, two women pharaohs, uh, Nefertiti, and just before that, and I have a hard time saying this name, it's Hasputsut, H-A-T-S-H-P-U-S-U-T. But they ruled along with their Husbands and after twenty years, made a major with as as women pharaohs, and then later the next one was also in B.C. But skipping further to A.D., there was another woman, a significant ruler in the Byzantine, uh, uh, an empress Theodora. And she also ruled with her husband and was very significant because she helped make major changes. In fact, all these women made really significant changes. And Constantinople was a wonderful city as a result. So their legacy is quite significant. And I might say prior to then, uh, the fourth one that was before 2019, because the rest were right here in this year, was when... The Druids in Britain were overtaken by Rome, and also when Paul the Apostle was having this missionary. So it seems like another theme here was this uh, somewhat about spirituality. You know, the Druism was about worshiping uh, everything that in nature had the spirit, and it wasn't really called a religion. It wasn't even referred to as paganism until the 20th century and Christianity decided to name it like that. And in fact, it's sort of interesting because Paul was doing his missionary work at that time. So, and I guess I could have said this before introducing you, but I'm glad I did it this way. As you said, well, that we're going, this program really is the evolution of female leadership. That's the feminine leadership. And of course, male and females have feminine in us as well as masculine, but also through the female personage and and letting go of a structural system, you know, and, and getting that connect, connecting to the polarities. Yeah. So, right. You brought up some interesting factors currently with a lot of interesting factors. Yeah, well, and thank you, because you did so much great research on, you know, um, the early, you know, really early history. And my research is more on, you know, recent history from the 1900s, basically. Which helps. (laughs) 
it kind of clarifies <laughs> the lens, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good. But I did want to touch on um, the lunar eclipse that just happened on the 16th. Oh, good. And, you know, it's it was a doozy, you know. I mean, the moon um, is at 24 degrees Capricorn and it's conjunct Pluto at 21 degrees Capricorn. So, you know, it was probably um, major intense emotions, you know, yes. um, and then it's also conjunct, you know, Saturn as well. So, and full moons are a time of letting go, releasing, purging, um, all of that, you know, just cleaning out your closets. Yeah, <laughs> you but know? no both, simple task, right? Yeah, both physically and emotionally, you know, and mentally. And um, when I was writing my article about the um, the energy for the whole month for July, the full moon is, you know, this full moon is a partial lunar eclipse. So that always brings way more energy to it. Um, and it lasts longer. So it can affect us, you know, for six months or more. So, but this um, full moon is square to the dwarf planet Eris. And Eris is named after a Greek female warrior who exposes abuses of power and manipulation by men. And the week before, we just saw Jeffrey Epstein be exposed in the news for sex trafficking and with younger women. So I think that is really powerful, you know, and it's starting to play out. We're starting to see that. It does upset the apple cart with the apple wasn't Eris the one who who um, is started the Trojan War in the mythology when she threw she wasn't invited they knew she was a troublemaker as one you know <laughs> as it goes and so she yeah. threw the apple and said to the fairest of them all and Hera and who's Juno and um, Aphrodite who's Venus and mm -hmm. and also um, um the wise woman, uh, not Apollo, uh, Athena. Uh, uh, Athena, yeah. Yeah, the warrior Athena. They all tried to claim, but then finally Aphrodite with with giving her, promising the most beautiful woman who happened to be Helen of Troy, you know. And, and mm -hmm. Boy, it, then my mind just jumps over to something I don't think is pertinent, but I am remembering that Helen was also a twin, that a set of two female twins that was born at the same time as um, the, the Mercury twins, Castor and Pollux. Oh, Castor and Pollux. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and there's the sun is conjunct Pollux. Oh, my. On so, this full moon, lunar eclipse. So there's. So, and Pollux can be, you know, tyrannical behavior. So. <laughs> So it's like on a global level, not just here in the United States, but we could be seeing more, um, you know, there could have been more brutal behavior around that full moon. Um, but whoever's doing it isn't going to get away with it because there's going to be repercussions thanks to Eris. Well, so. yes, plus with Saturn down, the ethical uh, boundary setter, you know, being right. with Pluto, the, the transformer that's saying life or death, here we go. I mean, that can be literal, and of course it can be quite uh, um, right as an analogy, right. yes. So, but yeah. things, if, if they don't work, they're, they're going out. 
So mm-hmm. it is powerful. You're absolutely right. And we're in that eclipse season still, and it lasts and intense. Yes. Yeah, definitely. For people, so, oh, I was just going to say the time back east, that would be at 5.38 p.m. I have, or on the West Coast, 2.38 mm-hmm. p.m. But go yeah, ahead. I have 5.38 p.m. at New York okay. time. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think, I mean, I think it's exciting for us to be living in this time now. And, you know, the nodes change, like the North node is in cancer, like every 18 to 19 years. Okay. It's in each Zodiac sign every 18 to 19 years. So um, I'm a pretty hardcore feminist. I think I was born a little bit too late because I didn't get to, you know, be a real (laughs) child in the 60s. Oh, there's still time. There's I was here, but I wasn't protesting yet. So <laughs> well, I wasn't either. But hey, it's okay. We we have time. <laughs> but I think with this, you know, the North Node in Cancer, it's really the North Node is like our destiny. It's what we're supposed to be working towards, and then opposing it. And Cancer and the sign of Cancer, it's feminine energy. And like you said, we both, we, every single individual has both male and female energy. But so for each one of us, we need to honor the feminine side of us, the softer side, the side that, you know, loves family and um, is nurturing and comforting. And, um, and then it's opposing the South node in Capricorn, which the South node is what we're supposed to be letting go of and releasing its old outworn behavior and in capricorn capricorn has everything to do with rules and tradition and foundations and structures and i mean they're seesawing um against each other and i mean we're it's exciting that we're living in this time because we really are seeing a huge shift away from um male dominated you know, society to um, more women getting involved. Yeah, I think everything needs a check and balance system. You know, everything has its power and strength. But if it isn't tempered somewhat by the polarity, it goes into a shadow. And that's when you have the problems. And interestingly about these eclipses is, is that you not only deal with your own, you deal with everybody else going through theirs too. It's this collective. So it really gets to be this complexity of, of, a, of a movement, a wave that, that goes through. And, I, and I'll say too, that there's an orb, it's 24 degrees, but on a, on a, I suppose on a cautious side, you could say at least 19 to 29. And depending on the on the planet, the sun, I mean, a lot of times 10 degrees. So it can be a lot of people in the cardinal signs, you know, even. Right. Yep. That are really feeling it. Right. Yeah. And cardinal wants action. So everybody's trying to do something. Well, that doesn't always work out so well, you know, depending on who's doing what. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Like, for instance, you brought up, okay, the three dates that I brought up with that electional, which happened to be, again, the nodes in North Node Cancer, and then with the South Node, that conjunction with Saturn, which, of course, is its own sign, and then with Pluto. But July 4th was one of them. Well, as you brought out, President Trump, which was quite controversial, just as a statement, of Mm -hmm. bringing out this military 
brigade of, of uh, a parade and etc. So really looking at that, that is, and then the fact, okay, so that's the structural that again and again is brought up with those past events that, that some of them that I didn't bring up was, uh, well, like for instance, going back with Rome taking over Britain, you know, is a is the the breaking or every single one of them was a change of leadership or a some kind of dynamic. I think King Solomon died in one, and then the northern tribes of Israel broke off. So you know, it's a different theme, but it's the same old story. Somehow the structure is being broken, and along with it, we have six. And this is not a prophecy for anybody, not to get you know, reinterpreted here, but just as the facts and looking at the facts, putting them together, we do have six women that are now energetically, along with the other 20, I mean, it's a huge bunch of people that are running for office on the Democratic Party, but six of them happen to be women. Yeah, and I mean, even just going and that that's amazing, you know, that we've come to this place, which I'm so happy that we're there. Um, but I mean, this last, um, you know, cancer and Capricorn node energy started November 2018 and it goes until May 2020. And, you know, right in November 2018 is when 117 women were elected to Congress. I mean, it's like unheard of numbers, you know, when they had the midterm voting. So, <laughs> you know, the face of Congress itself that's right. changed dramatically. We and had color, we had women, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, different ages. I mean, a huge spectrum. And we find that in a lot of cities, too, with council, you know, council men or council people and, and mayors and, and, and governors, like I think they're, a few of the women or one of the women I know is is a mayor. So what that says to me is that the collective voices just have different, really a diverse perspective of, yeah, in, yeah. you know, and so in other words, you know, like in any family, you kind of get used to how things are brought up or the conversation, but here th- the dynamics are altering. Yeah, absolutely. And the Me Too movement obviously falls into this, you know, discussion of the North Node and the South Node. Absolutely. So, and then also I think um, the changes that we're experiencing due to climate change is also related to this push-pull and we're seeing more flooding now too. And I mean, especially with what's happening in New Orleans and Alabama and North Node is in Cancer. Cancer is a water sign. Well, and if I might add, right now as a backdrop, and for astrologers especially, knowing the long cycles that Neptune is smack dab right in the middle of its long cycle in Pisces. Is Pisces, its own sign. yeah. So it seems to me that that's a dissolving, you know, in Pisces, I mean, that's the the last, well, not the last planet, it's before Pluto, but Pluto now is almost... Con- transformationally taking uh, control, and not controlling, but r- influencing, ruling the, the Plutonians, all these other dwarf planets of great transformation. But mm-hmm. so I was yeah. tr- you know, saying that it has to do with nature and what we don't control is 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I think one of the the negative side effects that we're seeing um, during this this time frame too is the humanitarian crisis at the border, you know, and seeing um, families ripped apart, which is also having to do with cancer and Capricorn nodal energy. It is the mother nurturing family. Yes, roots. Right. All of right. this. We yeah. are in the archetype. Yep. Yeah, we're living it. <laughs> so, um, and then I went back um, from this time right now all the way back to uh, 1925. So, um, do you want to go over a few of well, the other ones? Well, there were, and, and I will, since I printed this out, I was most happy. And I might say to people, um, with the North Node in Cancer, it's now, as, as, as Catherine has said, November 18, 2018 to May of 2020. But the last one is April t- 2000 to October 2002, which we couldn't. Mm-hmm. And then it was early 81 to 83, March. And then it was December 62 to August 64. Then we go back to the wartime, May 1944 to December 45. Because this cycle repeats like, like, like perfectly. Venus is the most perfect, uh, imbalanced, not in, in balance, not that means it is right. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, planet, yeah. so it's very symmetrical, it makes this beautiful five pointed Venus star every time it conjuncts with the sun, which is a whole other wonderful subject. So, then before going back, and you can mention these again, but perhaps this will give people a little review October 25 to April 27, which is just prior to the big collapse mm-hmm. economically. So. Right, just before the big depression. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that, and um, well, let's talk about the last one, which was April two thousand to October two thousand two. Okay. And some of the um, women that we saw kind of rise up um, during that time. One was um, Hillary Clinton. Actually, became the first female senator for New- from New York. And then uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying her name but correctly, but Sila Calderon was the first female governor for Puerto Rico. And I, I actually wondered if she was the if she's the governor, you know, when they had the big hurricane down there. Mm, I don't. Know. I want. I don't know if she's still the governor now. I would I'm not sure. I thought there that. was a man that was speaking on the news, but ah, okay. he, you know how he represented it. I'm not sure. But go ahead. Yeah. Next one was Frida. Uh, yeah, and then Frida Kahlo, who is artist. an amazing, you know, artist from Mexico, Which um, is, was actually honored with a stamp. And I will say that some of this, because we're evolving, consciousness is evolving. So looking way back, it was very unheard of to have in Egypt women pharaohs, and then later in the Byzantine to have Theodora, you know be so active but here and she was considered a feminist i guess i did not realize that but a lot of people now look at her towards that well frida Kahlo also is referred to as that now eventually it won't have to be such a battle to 
to claim your space in life, hopefully we'll begin to learn to merge together and and learn Mm -hmm. how to talk. But again, it shows that theme, that independent, you know, I'm the feminist. Yeah. Right. Free to call, Low. I'm saying. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that was a big deal for her as a woman and, you know, to be featured as a woman and as an artist. So, um, and then J.K. Rowling, you know, who wrote the Harry Potter books. Yes. So she actually became the first female author of the fastest selling book ever. Wowie. Yeah. So, and you know, back in the old days, mostly men got acknowledgement for their writings. I mean, there was Emily Dickinson and some people like that. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. And she really is a legacy of her own virtue. I mean, that's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody knows Um, her name. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. And even Disney. No, not Disney. Who is it? Universal Studios even, you know. Oh, the other one. (laughs) Just on the movies, there is Mary Poppins, the woman that wrote Mary Poppins. Come to think of it, she's been, I happen to have seen those movies, uh, the sequel, you know, her second one. But she, too, Uh is a female author that has just, you know, it's in, it's been... I, well, I just saw it, and I whether it was last, whether it was actually in the f- movies during the cancer time, I don't know. We'll finish this one, and then we'll take a little uh, break. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, well, and you know, Mexico has had uh, a corrupt um, government down there for years. You know, for a long, 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 long time. And then, so in 2000 to 2002, they actually voted for Vincente Fox, hoping that, you know, they would have more of a stable democracy kind of thing going on. Um, So that's a little bit of a shift also. And then we also had the invasion of Afghanistan. A lot of political rearranging of boundaries. And I guess, too, it's if, if we look back on those first few examples, it was in that area of the generally Middle East. That of course, of course, that's our history too. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. We will return shortly. This is Talk Cosmos. It is July twentieth with Catherine Metcalf. Uh, yes, Metcalf mm-hmm. in Illinois. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. Currently, we are in the period of cancer. By leaving a cycle based on connecting mental communication to the external, the energy of cancer involves emotions, which create our personal story through our emotional associations and attachments. As a cardinal water sign that is nurturing, cancer needs to process emotions in one's own internal rhythm of cycles in order to complete an evolution. Hi, this is Willie Bodrak, a retired expat from Seattle, now living in Mexico. You're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Hi again, this is Talk Cosmos, July 20th. 
at 6 o'clock in the morning on July 25th. And our subject today or tonight is Cancer North Node Historical References. And I am speaking with Catherine Metcalf from East Moline, Illinois. And you can check us out at Talk Cosmos, find out all about Catherine. And then again, if Podcast One is a great way to look at all the archives. So, Catherine, we were talking about, oh, and I might just remind people that with the North Node, it repeats, as Catherine has said, systematically every 18 and a half years, and then every 19 years, exactly at the same degree, I believe. But it's this beautiful pattern that repeats and repeats. So in astrology, we go back into history and kind of get some themes, like what was really happening. And I had pulled up some charts, not chart, chart dates, that went way back to 17 B.C., around there, systematically, when we had the North Node in Cancer and in the South Node, that's Capricorn, had Saturn conjunct and Pluto near it, you know, in Capricorn. And it showed these themes of femininity in the sense of women joining leaders like Nefertiti and Empress Theodora in the Byzantine. And, of course, Nefertiti was with Egypt in 18th, uh, the dynasty, the 18th dynasty. And they both made illustrious significant changes in the leadership, joining with their husbands or afterwards. And again, there was various evidence of the breakdown of the societal structures. So I think, Catherine, we're going back to the last time at September 1981 to March 83. Yes. Yeah. So um, as far as the female advances or feminine advances go, Sandra Day O'Connor was elected the first female Supreme Court justice. And Mm then, um, you know, our space, uh, the Apollo, you know, the 50 year anniversary, I think of the Apollo landing is happening now. So space is a big deal right now. We're, you know, looking at that again. And Sally Ride was actually the very first female uh, in space for the United States. Very so, significant. I'm sorry, what? Oh, very significant. Sorry. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. So, and then um, a couple of other major things that happened in other countries was that France decided to abolish capital punishment, which is a huge shift, you know, in how people think. It is. It's and very yeah. female oriented with the n- cancer nurturing. Yes. Yeah. And then unemployment in uh, the UK reached an all-time high, and unemployment, you know, goes right along with the energy of cancer, which is, do we feel secure in our lives, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally? So the unemployment in the UK reaching the all-time high relates to that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... Then we've got um, from December 1962 to August 1964, the very first woman uh, in space was from Russia. And then the very first female uh, won the Nobel Peace Prize for physics. So that happened. And then, like I was referring back to this before, you know, I wish I had um, 
been old enough to be protesting <laughs> or involved in the civil rights, you know, activity that was going on then. Cause it's one of those, it's a core issue for me is, you know, I have labor rising, so I'm all about, it needs to be equal and fair for everybody. So, um, so, you know, 1963, Martin Luther King did his beautiful, you know, I have a dream speech and in 19 November, 1963, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And then after that, the civil rights um, act became a reality in 1964. Very interesting in the concept relating this, that it was another measurement of trying to get the polarity equality of our, yes. of our dignity as people, because everybody is a person. And of course we come from our own backgrounds, but yet accepting the, everybody as. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in uh, May of 1944 to December of 1945, we, we all, you know, anybody that knows history knows that was during World War II. So, you know, there were 150,000 women working in the Women's Army Corps, which was a big deal because prior to that time, most women, I think, in the United States were, you know, homemakers. It- so... Yeah. So when the guys got called off to war, they stepped up and worked outside of the home. Yeah, there weren't any people. <laughs> they had to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think many, yes, enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. So, and then 1944, you know, D Day, the Battle of Normandy, and uh, World War II basically came to an end in 1945. Which relates, I'm thinking of that whole theme looking back of the structure, as we were saying, what has existed in this sense, protecting it, which is also very cancerian, you know, to protect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is- and Capricorn is very much about boundaries and, stru- you know, physical structures and all of that. So, I mean, it's just so easy to see this now looking at the events that happened. Mm-hmm. You know? So... Then the last uh, area that I looked at was October 1925 to 1927. And uh, there was a woman named Nellie Ross who became the first woman governor of Wyoming, which is pretty groovy. Pretty pretty (laughs) incredible. Wyoming. She must have been a tough cookie. I know. Who would have thunk, right? I know. And that's, (laughs) yes, just before the big crash, a couple of years, you know, times were probably swinging pretty high back then. Yeah. Yep. So, and then, and then Margaret Sanger, um, who uh, was, she actually was founded a birth control organization, which was really about, you know, um, being smart and how many children you have and educating women and all of that, that actually later became Planned Parenthood. That's astounding. Yes, because that 25 and 27. That truly relates to cancer as a family and the boundaries and the limitations and the rights. You know, once again brings up all this balanced theme. That's, yeah, and we're and we're seeing it play out now too with all of oh, the yes. states like going to the opposite extreme and wanting to you know throw women in jail for having an abortion. So. <laughs> You know, it's amazing to me that 
we've we were moving forward in 1925 and now we're moving backwards again so i guess this it's my thought process is like oh my gosh do we ever find that that equal balance that balance between the male female and equality you know it's going to keep coming around every 18 years so i guess there's going to always be something that we're working on well yes it has to go in little stages everything yeah. does it's so incredible although with well or else sudden yeah, our sudden changes I was just thinking that's 95 years ago, and so it'd be fascinating. Well, 90, about 94 years. And I think 94 is a major cycle. Most people aren't always living to 94, so we don't think of it. But mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember which cycle it is, 94, which could have something to do with, well, it'll come to me. Uranus or Neptune or something. Yeah. Transiting. Yeah, it wouldn't be Neptune, but it would be, be a, well, Uranus is 84, I believe, because it's an 84-year cycle, but it, it is, um, maybe, and it's not Saturn, Saturn's 29, well, at any rate. Okay. Yeah, interesting, though, and then the last thing from that time frame was that John Scopes, who was a teacher in Tennessee, um, actually was arrested um, and had to go to trial for teaching evolution Jeez. to his students, which was going against the Christian fundamental, you know, way that the schools were run at that time. Yes, and that has to do with birth and cancer. And with the ones I found earlier, it did seem that there was some kind of spirituality that there was. And maybe because when one form comes, it wants to uh, people want to establish the, the rules maybe of their own i mean i'm thinking of the druids where rome came and overtook ancient britain so britain came with its own uh um, left its old ways and i really should give the years for that to people i guess that was in the year why I have it all down in different ones, and here I am stuttering around. Well, the years, okay, let me think here. Okay, let's just go back to that later. Sorry about that. Okay, okay. But, but, but it is important somehow to think that these boundaries aren't just land. They are according to religion, whether it was, was Solomon dying in the north of um, uh, Israel, breaking off, and, okay, I've got my list here. It was back in, um, yeah, 47, the year 47. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Because the first yeah. one was uh, 1425, and that was with the two pharaohs of Egypt, the women pharaohs. And then in 923 B.C. was when King Solomon died and the northern tribes <laughs> broke off. So that has to do with about boundaries and the, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then with 47 A.D., February 22nd, actually, there's actually dates when it comes up. Uh, Paul was doing missionaries, and the Druism was a, really the end after a thousand years, or a, a many, many years of the Celts. It was with the Celts, and it's a related you know, shamanism and, and spirits with, with 
which is really more of the matriarchal thinking, I think, you might say, or the feminist. I mean, we think of it perhaps as who knows how long, but it was probably such an ancient belief, uh, not just belief, but way of, of worshiping life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think that we've made a really good point about, you know, finding the healthy balance and equality of the male-female um, archetypes, you know. And um, I wanted to take time, if we have time, yes. to talk about some of the female, because there's six women running for president now, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's a big deal. That's a huge change. Um, yeah. In my lifetime, you know, I saw Hillary and then, and then now, you know, all of these fabulous women too that are running. So Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris. I know you looked up Marianne Williamson. I looked up Amy Klobuchar and, um, who am I forgetting? Kristen Gillibrand and Tulsi also Gabbard. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, lots of different women and they all have kind of really different energy as well. And I was just curious to see, um, because we've got this cancer Capricorn energy going on, you know, who has like strong cancer in their chart and Elizabeth Warren and, and Marianne Williamson, both have the sun in cancer and with Uranus conjuncted. I was amazed. Yes. And in fact, Elizabeth Warren is a solstice child. She was born June 22nd, 1949, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, time unknown, but zero mm -hmm. cancer. And Uranus, like minutes away, I think it's literally 13 minutes. They're so conjunct. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really close. Yeah. From 45 to 57, 12 minutes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then Marianne Williamson, she was born and I, and I look these up thankfully because of your diligence here. So this is great teamwork. July 8th, which isn't far from our solar birthday ourselves with the United States of America. Um, right. And she was born in 1952 and we know her time and place because she's such an active person with on many fields. It's it's an astro dienst. So if anybody, you know, the free astro.com is a great service. But she was born in Houston, Texas at 3.53 a.m. And so she, too, has Uranus and... Uh, the sun conjunct. Uh, uh, Venus conjunct her sun in Cancer. Oh, yes. very interesting. It is, but yeah. her moon is in Capricorn, late Capricorn, so that's quite significant, that polarity, just like the nodes are right now, you know? Right, right. Very interesting. So she must yeah. be a full moon child when you think about it. So one's a solstice yeah. and the other's a full moon. Oh, that's fascinating. It yeah. is. So Elizabeth is a new moon and Marianne is a full moon. Yeah, because <laughs> in astrology, for for our audience, you know, of course, astrologers, it's one of the great factors that becomes evident more and more. But you see it in living life. You can see it in theory, but to see this practice, like, 
who are these people that are really have the gumption and desire to get up there and be so right. vulnerable? And especially for cancer, that's very vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. Because you don't typically think of cancers as being like strong leaders. You know, I, I tend to think of them as more um, support and nurturing and su supportive. Yeah. yeah usually support system. But they must feel a great identity when our, the United States, of course, July 4th is a cancer country and right. our, the moon is in Aquarius. And the fact that they have this strong conjunction with Uranus, both of them, and most of the presidents, when I noticed, are either, well, the predominant signs are both Aquarius and Scorpio. Scorpio. Yeah. which is what Kamala Harris is. Yes, so that was interesting. Yeah, and she has her north node in Gemini, which is interesting just in the fact that when um, the inauguration happens, oh yes, and also when we'll be voting, um, which is in, in November of 2020, um, the north node will have left Cancer and gone into Gemini. Yeah, I looked up, that, that's very true, but I looked up November 11th, 2020, mm -hmm. because, you know, that's when we vote. And I placed it in D.C., not knowing, because the problem is, is that you can go all the way to Hawaii and their timing. So it's pretty complicated. But anyway, I put it in D.C. at 8 o'clock. And so it was interesting to see just for Warren and Williamson, who are the cancer people, Oh, and I might add, here I'm interrupting myself, but Kamala Harris was born October 20th, 1964 in Oakland, California, and I don't have the time. But going back to Warren and Williamson, there were some interesting connections with both of those charts. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it, it would be a study later to, to really look at... Um, to determine, and of course, and what I did was I put the election as a center, and on the bywheel I put the candidates on the outside because we could have a time there, eight o'clock. Whereas with Williamson, we don't know what time it is, or I guess we could put the sun on the first house. And for those non-astrologers, these are techniques. There's always a lot to learn in astrology, and like any language, it has its tools, and that's so right. handy. Yeah. And looking at, I did pull up some of the men's too, and that are running mm. and Joe Biden is actually a Scorpio as well. I was amazed. Well, no, or is he? Because he's right. The 20th of November. Was that Scorpio he's or a, Sag? It was Scorpio. He's at uh, 27 Scorpio and it's wow. conjunct his Mercury and Venus. Um, and they're, and they're in his 12th house, which is interesting. Huh. I am amazed because he just seems very much more like a Sag. The 20th of November. Yeah, that's sometimes has, a cusp. Um, his thought. rising sign is Sag. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I personally right like about it. That. Yes, yes, okay. Yeah. Oh, and one of the things I wanted to point out, too, is that Donald Trump is a Gemini as well. Yes. And so and so is... Um, and a full moon at that. His, yes. Yes, Sag. Yes, on a full moon. And um, so as Amy Klobuchar has like three planets, she's a, she has her sun, her moon, and Mercury all in Gemini. So she she's was, got 
Oh, go she ahead. Has lots of Gemini. Well, she was born May 25th, 1960. I looked up every single person's birth yeah. date. But, uh, <laughs> I did. I was Gemini's really, I went down that ra- <laughs> Well, I've got 29 <laughs> degrees Virgo, and I just went down that rabbit hole. I could, I was consumed. <laughs> and it was fascinating because there's like, okay, well, I have to change Biden to um, Scorpio. Well, that makes him just as far as statistics a contender you know i mean if you look at most and there were two um uh aquarius jay inslee here at the state of washington is an aquarian Mm -hmm. and john hickenlooper who because they're both born very close jay inslee is february 9th 1951 and john hickenlooper is february 7th 1952 so oh wow and bernie is an aquarius too or no, 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 no he's I'm, a Virgo. He's, not. he's the only one outside of he's the He's a Virgo. Yeah, he was the only Virgo. There's Sag, there's, there's all these, there's a lot of cardinal. There's a lot of cardinal signs, I was realizing. Yeah, and that makes sense for what we're going through right now with all the cardinal. Actually, aspects, Julian right? Castro is a Lib- uh, Virgo, too, I make, the mm-hmm. twin. He was born uh, the 17th. Um, yeah, one of the things I of just September. wanted to mention about Donald Trump's chart is um, he has the North Node in Sagittarius, and uh, meaning that he's got the the South Node in Gemini. So it'll be a nodal ret- uh, reversal. Yes. That's yeah. So that that makes me think he's not going to win. It's curious. We shall wait and see. It's always. I remember with the last election. There, there were so many fascinating, and interestingly, with all the debate afterwards and everybody apologizing and whatnot, because everybody had it supposedly mistaken, but the truth was both people, in a sense, won, meaning Hillary and Trump. And there was a lot of confusion I heard with people wondering, which one, how is this going to be? You know, when they had all their logic. But first of all, nobody really knew the birth date of Hillary, so that added to a lot of confusion. And I decided to choose the one that wasn't really being looked at, which is, I think, in the morning, because I myself have had to look at a lot of charts, just, and I've had to disband any judgment to look at it. Right. And when I saw that, I could see that it really supported a lot of her feminine children attitudes. But the, the point is, is that after the election, you know, she won the majority vote, and she was in the, in the news all the time. So it was almost like a counterbalance. It was as though both people were really happening. Well, we have five right. minutes. I just want to take a little moment here to say that next week on the 27th, we begin Leo Archetype, and we have a new, as of the second season here, a new format where it's the cosmic collaboration so it'll be the leo cosmic collaboration and we'll have several that the topic of that is generosity and purposeful legacy or the fifth house and myself and various guests which will be shannon hayes bear river and karen wenderland will all be commenting in their own fashion about it so that's a fascinating way and you can always find us at Podcast One Now or Talk Cosmos or 1150 KKNW. And right now I am speaking with Catherine Metcalf from Illinois. And you can find her 
at Talk Cosmos too. And I think, what is your website, Catherine? It's pretty simple. CatherineMetcalf.com. Ta-da! Very smart. <laughs> and it's Catherine with a K. Okay. C-H-E-R-I-N-E Metcalf, M-E-T-C-A-L-F. All right. I'll say okay to that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's see. We were talking about these, well, the elections and the females. And do you know what's interesting? A lot of the examples that you wonderfully pulled up that were fascinating is that space kept popping up a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. for the first woman. And then and science. I thought that was most amazing. I, I, I haven't looked at those chart times to see where Uranus is, if that was instigating something, which it is now, which always it is. But of all Yeah, these, that would be interesting mm-hmm. to look at. More research to do. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, well, maybe some other people will bounce in. Well, I... Yeah. It's it's learning to navigate with different thought patterns. You know, we're such a small globe now with all the communication possibilities. It's really the struggle how to connect and with cultural differences. And, and more than that, just roots. What are our roots? I know that with these nodes, like North Node in Cancer, the past, and not just the recent past, but the distant past is flushing forward mm-hmm. very often, you know, in personal lives. And it is all very personal. Cancer is such a personal sign. Yes. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are really feeling the transitions that we're going through. Indeed. In, yeah. in significant ways. Big changes. People making really landmark moves. I mean, living in homes for 30, 40 years and suddenly bouncing away. I mean, not bouncing away, they're, but they're selling and moving into other places or 20 years. You know, it's very mm-hmm. dramatic um, shifts. Lots of, lots of relationship changes I've been seeing this past, you know, few months too. Yeah, because it does have that cardinal, the cardinal cross, as we call it. Mm-hmm. And for those astrologers, so Aries and Libras on the other spectrum, they square it, and they. So those people with this. Let's see. Is there another eclipse? I think they're. I'm trying to think. It. I think. You mean in 2019? Yeah. Yeah, I think there is in December. There'll be the next eclipse because of the nodes, but not at this immediate season. So the one that was just last week on the 16th with a full moon. Right. Yeah, there's a solar eclipse December 26th in Capricorn. Yeah. Yeah. When the nodes, the nodes, oh, yes, okay, okay, yes, and that'll be the new moon, the solar eclipse, yes. Mm-hmm. It's late, that'll, oh boy, well, we'll have a lot to say and talk about then. <laughs> but we gotta, As we always do, we're Geminis, yeah. we talk about everything. <laughs> That's right, but we got to reel back because... When it comes to cancer, it is a matter of feeling what is important. And I think that that reminder that we talk to our own tempo, we speak or we think, we feel to our own tempo, so important not to jump ahead. Catherine, I've just loved this. I really love your energy and thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's my honor to be on here. I appreciate it, Sue. Okay. Well, we'll do it again. (laughs) All right. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.